0: If you have your Bible, please turn with me to James chapter one. James Chapter one. And last time we, we got together, we got to look at what the Lord calls something great, and that is being a servant, a servant, a dulos, one who gives his life for the sake of others, a bond slave. And uh, James, the half-brother of the Lord, was the leader of the Jerusalem church, and he called himself a bond slave, one who's giving up his rights for the sake of his king. And that was his half-brother, the Lord Jesus. But here in verse 2 through verse 8, we're going to take a look at real quick. Because I really believe it is very important for us as a leadership to understand and have a biblical mindset. Because so many things are going rampant through the church and so many uh, teachings are are, are contrary to biblical teaching. It's important that we as a leadership be a biblical leadership. And especially in the area of trials. So let's take a look at James chapter 2 and we're going to... James chapter one verses two through eight through through eight. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let me pray again. Father, we love you. And Father, we thank you for this, this text from this, the first leader in, in the Jerusalem church, Lord. Father, I thank you that they've experienced these things and they wrote these things so that we would have a good understanding, Lord, of trials and difficulties in ministry. So do a work of your spirit here, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We depend upon the work of your spirit To work inwardly so that the outward manifestations would be a work of Your Spirit as You cause us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of You, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I entitled this brief study, Ministry Trials and Misconceptions. But there's four things you need to keep in mind when we're reading this text. Uh, Four words. Count. Know. Let and ask count no let and ask a misconception is an, er- an erroneous conception erroneous conception a mistaken notion a notion that how something should be and in trials even in christian circles there are many misconceptions about trials one of the misconceptions is all trials are bad Second misconception is all trials are from the enemy. You hear the comments, I'm being attacked, I'm under attack. I'm under attack. That's you know, but we have to understand God allows trials for your good. God allows trials for your good. He's sovereign. The attributes of God are very important that he is in control. Think of David he was anointed King of Israel. But look at his life for the next 10 or so years of the trials and difficulties he experienced. Who led him into those trials and difficulties? God. But God was doing a great work in and through David, in and through his trials. Pastor Joe said last week, trials are for our good and for God's glory. Our trials are for our good and and for God's glory, that's a contrast to the world, our immature thinking. You know, we we want to bail on our trials. Trials actually work for the believer, not against him. And we all know the scriptures. We all know the scriptures that says Romans eight twenty eight. For instance, it, Paul said, "For we know that all things work together for good." to those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. Is that correct? That's correct. All things means all things. And even trials and difficulties in ministry. God puts you there. God's allowing it. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he said, and for we know that all things work together for good. But he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he said, for our light affliction is but for a moment, but it works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So most times in trials and afflictions, we, don't, but we focus on the affliction. You know, when, when we're in a trial, when we're in a difficult situation, we're focusing on the affliction. I don't like the feeling. I don't like my flesh being pricked. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the trial. I don't like the pain. I don't like the discomfort. Then worry sets in and then we start focusing, you know, how am I going to get out of this? How is this going to end? We focus on making things go away, man. Let this thing just go away. Let me just get out of here. I don't like the situation, but we got to understand instead of Having that attitude is, I'm getting out of this situation. I'm getting out of this trial knowing that God has put me there. Instead, I should be saying, God, what are you doing in me? What are you doing in me, Lord? You put me in this trial. You allowed it. You're sovereign. But what are you doing in me, Lord? That should be our number one question. The second question I should ask God is, God, what's your plan through this? God, what are, you, what are your plans? Instead of looking on the pain, the discomfort, the worry, how do we get out of it? How, how will it end? You know, let it go away. God, what are you doing in me? What's your plan here? Because God has a plan. But I'm, if I'm focused in the first negatives, I'm never going to learn that. I'm going to miss out. And number three, how, I could ask God, how does this give you glory, Lord? How does this give you glory? You put me in this trial. You're doing something in me. What's your plan? How does this give you glory? All this pain, all this this trial that I'm going through, how does this give you glory? Have we given any thought when we're in that trial? I, I think not. Honestly, I don't. But studying this has given me a different perspective. A different perspective in my trials. As God is calling me to be a mature Christian. A mature Christian. And I haven't arrived yet. I'm still growing in the grace of God. But Warren Wiersbe said, God tests us to bring out the best of us. But Satan tempts us to bring out the worst. God will test us to bring out the best in you. He'll test you. He'll put you in that situation to bring the best out of you. But, but if you listen to Satan, he will bring out the worst in you in the, the trial. I want, I want to let God have His way. We got to know the difference. And there are three varieties of trial temptations which which a sincere Christian is facing every day. First, that would be called the trial of of cause and effect. Trials of cause and effect. This type of trial is... Is a basic principle that we see in Galatians chapter 6 verses 7. Many trials and temptations come into our lives because of our own disobedience. Most of our trials come as a result of our own disobedience. Me. My trials come sometimes because of my own disobedience. Our God is trying to show me something in my own personal life. Because a lot of times I don't like what I see. But what I see, I don't see in me. In me. Cause and effect. We know that cause and effect is we, we reap what we sow. And then James tells us in the latter part of this chapter and even going uh, through the book of James that a lot of the, the problems that we face and in, in difficulties in ministries and relationship are a result of what's taking place in here, in my heart. But I have to go back to, Lord, what are you doing in? God, what's your plan through this? How does this bring you glory? And I have to really give the Lord my thoughts, my pains, my struggles, what I'm going through. Is it a, am I going through this trial because if it's a cause and effect? The second kind of temptation or trial that we face as sincere Christians is, is being light in a dark world. We have to be light in a dark world. We are not of this world but we're in this world and but in Jesus said in John chapter 16 verse 30, 33 Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation you will have tribulation you're going to have tribulation you're going to have the effects of pain and discomfort and and emotional trauma and difficulties it's a given but Jesus said in those trials, but in me, you will have peace. So God will put us in a trial, a difficulty, but he says in me, you will have peace. But again, if I'm looking to the discomfort, I'm looking to the problem, I'm looking how to get out, how to manipulate, how to maneuver and all that. I'm going to miss out on what God is doing in here. I'm going to miss out on God's plan. I'm going to miss out on giving God glory. But Jesus says, in me, you will have peace. John 16, 33. And Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4, leadership. Peter tells us 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He tells us not to be surprised. Don't be surprised. Or don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials, which will try you. Which will try you. You know, you think of of, of a trying and it it's it's. It's like being in a cauldron where they put in a precious metal and, and what, what do they do? They, they heat the fire up and the fire is burning and then they put in the precious metals. And what happens to that metal? It purifies it. And what happens to the impurities in that metal? It comes up to the surface as scum. And what the, the, the craftsman does is he scoops off the top. He scoops off the scum and he throws it away. And all that's left and he doesn't and he keeps doing that until he sees his own face in the precious metals because it's pure. And the same thing with our trials. As we're in that cauldron in that fire that that God would scoop out the fluff of our lives, the scum of our lives. Those things that Hebrews tells us so easily besets us as sins that easily besets us because we have a war. Leadership. We have a war with sin. I still struggle. I still have to battle. It's almost moment by moment that I put to the test. So Paul, Peter says, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trials, but in the trial I have to trust the Lord. What are you doing in me? What's your plan? How does this bring you glory? Through the trial. And the third kind of trial is a kind of trial that is is spiritually mysterious. Spiritually mysterious like Job. Think of of the servant Job. We really don't understand the trial, but trusting God always brings him glory. And it stirs up others' faith. And I've seen many going through great difficulties and struggles and trials on their deathbeds. And because of their affliction, they're praising the Lord, and they're giving the Lord credit, and they're trusting God. What it does in the room for the other's faith is amazing, is amazing. And I just think of the trials that, you know, people have had in this room. Those trials that those people face, others have been benefited and blessed because of those trials. God is doing a greater work. So there are many trials in ministry. James here in in verse 2 says, My brethren, my brethren, he's speaking to the church, you guys are going to have trials as a family of God. In verse 2 he says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count. Counting. Count it all joy. Counting. You, You see, that is an accounting term that adds to your faith. That your trial will add to your faith in spiritual growth. It's like getting money and putting it in the bank. It'll count it all joy. Let God do it and let Him put something to your account. You see, your trials aren't to rip you off and take something away from you. It's to do something great in you. But it's a supernatural work where we just have to submit to God in the trial. Because if We don't submit to God in the trial. What's intended for us will not be given to us. We will miss out. I want to add to my faith. So he says, count it all joy. You know, and what happens in a trial? That that joy is in an emotional term. My emotions are saying, God's word says, count it all joy. My emotions are saying, that's not joy. That's not joy. I don't want this. But that's where I have to pray, Lord, you know, did Jesus want to go to the cross? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy that is set before you, endure what God has allowed or put you in. Don't let your emotions rob you of what God wants to do in you. So it's an uh, emotional, an emotional term. It's It's a term that that it kind of feels like you're you're encircled you're surrounded you're you're like a a a a building that's surrounded by a moat like you're a castle beautiful castle and you're just surrounded by this moat this moat of despair but you we have to understand something in our trials and i i hear a lot of stuff I see a lot. A lot of, I get a lot of phone calls. I get a lot of people walking in here, a lot of trials and a lot of difficulties, and I have them. I have my own. Okay, I have my own, but there are three things I, I keep in mind during the trial: the attributes of God. He's omnipotent. That means He's all powerful. He's all powerful, and I have to depend on Him. He's omniscient. He knows all things. And He's allowed me to be in here in this trial, so I have to trust Him, and I have to get my wisdom, my counsel. I have to get my emotions, everything in check with Him. Why? Because He said He would give me the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, the One who's going to sustain me, the One who gives me power. So I got to come to Him with the trials and difficulties because I have what is called I call milk. I when it comes to a trial, I have milk. I have missing information. I have limited knowledge. So I have to train myself to go to the one who has no missing information, no limited knowledge, because look at next study where Pastor Joe is going to uh, jumping to conclusions. Right. And in our trials, a lot of times we jump to conclusions. We jump to conclusions. We don't know the outcome of what God is doing in the midst of the trial. And I have to trust him. So he's, He's omnipotent. God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. God is omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's with me. He said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And here I need him in the most. And a lot of times in trials, we want to grab somebody and we want to grab skin and say, you know, help me. Help me. Or we want to vent. Or we want to do, 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 do. And we leave God as the last result. We leave out omnipotent all-powerful god omniscient all-knowing god and omnipresent god so in your difficulties we have to depend on who our god is because we're but flesh but james says uses the word various so our tri- this indicates that our trials have a variety they will come in different forms in different severities but we have to understand god is in control the results a testing of your faith your trial is a testing of your faith my trials are a testing of my faith what kind of faith am i what kind of faith do i have you see our trials are like pouring acid on gold Acid on gold, you know, what? it should just reveal that it's a precious metal. And our trials should reveal that we are His children. We are His children. You see, we have to ask, God, what do you want to produce for my life? Or, what is lacking in my life? A lot of times, I, I don't see what God sees. He's omniscient. What what am I lacking in my life that you would put me in this trial, Lord? Because I am lacking something. Because you know what? I I just see here. I don't see here. And I don't see the future. Which God will get teach me here something for out here. Cuz he knows what's best. What is lacking? But James says our trials produce patience patience number 1 number 2 james here calls it a perfect work from a knowing all knowing god it produces patience and a perfect work perfect work his work so my trial will produce patience that's the what's the contrary to Patience. Impatience. Okay? So I I, Lord is trying to teach me patience and a perfect work, a maturing work. He wants to cause me to mature in my trial. But he says, Let patience in your trial have its perfect work that you may be perfect, speaking of in terms of maturity, complete lacking nothing, lacking nothing. See, God knows those areas in our lives that w- where we need personal growth. Sometimes we we don't learn because we run from our trials. We most likely like to run. And great difficulties. And, and we see this in scriptures. Uh, a, a lot of people ran from what God had planned. And did things your own way. Think of Abraham. Abraham ran. The Lord gave him a promise. And he ran ahead of the Lord. And he married Hagar. Because his trial was he didn't think he could have a baby. His wife couldn't have a baby. It was too tough. The trial was too tough. So he manipulated. He married Hagar. And that brought great sorrow to his home. If he would have just waited For God in his trial. How about Moses? Moses ran ahead of God. And murdered a man in his impatience. See, Moses had a calling on his life and he knew it. But instead of waiting on God and God's timing, he was impatient. Murdered a man and spent 40 years. In the desert. With sheep. To learn patience. To learn patience. Exodus chapter 2 verse 11. And Peter almost killed a man in his impatience in the garden. See, the Lord, the Lord only, guys, the Lord only can develop a patience and a character in our lives, but it's through the vehicle of trials. See, God is not going to use any other thing but that trial to do work in here. Remember Joseph in Genesis fifty twenty, his trial with his brothers. You know his his brothers sold him to be a slave. He was falsely accused of rape. He was thrown in prison and left and forgotten. Trials that was his trial god was with him all the way through if you read his testimony it says god was with him god was with him god was with him in his trial and we 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 see we don't ever see anything negative in there of him and at the end we don't even see him resenting his brothers he didn't resent his brothers for what they did to him and he said in in Genesis chapter fifty, verse twenty, he said, "But as for you, you meant it evil against me, but but God, but God meant it for good. His trial was for good, in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. You see, his trial was actually a blessing. It's to save his family. And just think, if he would have bailed out, he would have missed out. And I'm sure glad his." It was a, is a testimony. But he reconciled with his brethren. And that was because of what took place in his own heart with God. So we have to understand that God allows events in our lives. Even hurt. God will allow pain and sickness. But we also we all have to remember that he has a bigger plan. If we don't see the big picture But He does. We have to trust Him. It says, like I mentioned those four words, count. Count it all joy. Count. The trial is putting something to your account. Know that God is in control. Let. Let Him have His way. Trust Him in the trial. Let Him do that work in you. That area where you can't do on your own. You can't, you can't, do something that only god can do but we have to let him but in the fourth part is ask ask we have to ask god and it says there in the, in the latter part of the verses if any one of you lacks wisdom let him ask from god who gives liberal liberally and without reproach and it will be given him let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of Of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So let God do a work in your life. Ask. And and that's the important thing. We have to ask for wisdom and guidance and strength. And whatever you need in that trial, he's able to give it. He's able to give it. And I just... Instead of l- focusing on the trial and the difficulties, the, the discomfort, how to get out of this, what are you doing, God? What are you doing in my life? What's your plan? How does this bring you glory? Because that's that's what we're called to do. We you and me are we are called Imago Dei. We're we're created in his image to bring him glory. That's what we're here for, to bring God glory. But we don't bring God glory when we are, we're doubtful that God is in, isn't in control even in our trials. We're like waves tossed to and fro by the wind. Unstable. Double-minded. And God wants you to be stable. Strong. That you would be founded on the rocks. And so when the wind comes and the trials and the difficulty comes. And what does Jesus say? It didn't fall because it was founded on the rock. So I want to encourage you guys. Get in the word. You're going to go through trials. But don't think of your trials as something robbing you of something. Think of it as something God's doing something in your life. And James here. James. His ministry lasted a short time. He was thrown off the temple. He was he was stoned to death. That's how his ministry finished. But history tells us that he had the same heart of God, and he and he and he prayed as as Stephen prayed as he they were stoning Stephen in Acts chapter twenty. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even in the midst of his great trials. So guys, you're going to go through trials and difficulties as leaders, because if he's going to attack anything, he's going to attack the leadership. He's going to attack the leadership. Why? Because you strike the shepherd, the sheep will flee. You strike me, it's going to affect others. You strike you and the worship team, it's going to affect others. Children's ministry, it's going to, women's ministry. you're going to marriage ministry. All the ministries. He's gonna, you're going you're gonna to come to a place of affliction. But your affliction, Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing here first? What, what's your plan? How do we bring you glory through what seems like a nightmare? Like a nightmare. Because even, even in the guys that were with Jesus for three and a half years, Man, you see them, they're hiding after. They thought, man, this is the end. This is it. They didn't see the whole plan. And sometimes, too, in our trials, we don't see what God is doing. And he wants to do a work in here first. And then, you know what? The work he does in here, I pray that it's in, infectious. That that in, in a good way. Because we are to build each other up. And many times in our trials and our difficulties, man, I'm gonna, if, if it's all here and it's all flesh and it's all here and it's all carnality, I'm going to bring other people down. And that's what happens. My trial should encourage and build up and, and bless God's people and give him glory. But if my trial is here in carnality and I'm going to pull others with me and I'm going to bring people down and I, and I don't want to do that. So pray for me. And, I'll, and I pray for you guys that God would give us what we need and that we will have patience and we will come out as gold in our trials. There's a couple things coming up um, I want you guys to pray for. Uh, we are having a one-day conference here in our church, and this will be in March, March 23rd. March 23rd will be your leadership for that month. Okay. It'll be on a Saturday. It'll be from nine o'clock to three thirty. I want all you guys to be here. Everyone in leadership. We want you to be here. It's that important. Um, we're having, uh, Dr. Uh, Joseph Holden. He is the, uh, president of Vietras, uh, university. and uh, He's a partner with, uh, <laughs> man, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, Somebody help me out. You guys don't know? Uh, no, um, I'm 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 totally blowing it. He's a partner with Jesus. Amen. 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 But you know, he um, what we're doing is we're having a one-day conference on the, the Word of God. It, it's that important. Um, it's it's the focus is how we got our English Bible. Okay, I'll I'll give you the session. Session one will be how do how do we how did we get our English Bible? And after he's going to give us a lecture and then after the lecture, he's going to do 15 minutes of questions and answers. Okay, so um, this will help us when we have objections and skeptics. You know, we want we want to be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. We we just want to say, oh, we, we just believe that by faith. No, we believe it by the evidence our, our faith is based on evidence. It isn't blind faith. There's evidence to our faith. So this is just to uh, solidify our position and how we could be a better leadership. But it's open to the whole body. Um, so how we got our English Bible, we should all know. So there are going to be questions and answers. Bring skeptics. We encourage you to bring a skeptic or a non-believer. Um, so after that session at 10.50 a.m., we'll have... Um, Session two, the inspiration and inerrancy of the scriptures. Again, it'll be a 45 lesson lesson. And then we will have, again, questions and answers, you know, without error. How do we know? OK, so we're going to we're going to learn. It's going to be a one day uh, class on theology, bibliology. So we want to encourage you to be here. Session uh, three will be how the church collected and recognized certain books. Because there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff out there, the Gospel of Thomas, the Book of Enoch, and why don't we use those books? And we're going to have a lot of good answers for those, so, um, so when people bring up objections of why we read the Bible, you'll have a, a better answer, so we want to equip you. Uh, session four, Transmission and Reliability of the Scriptures, uh, that'll be after lunch, and again, a time of questions and answers, so... These are things we want you to pray for. Uh, we want to let you know ahead of time. So if you have work schedules, if you have any plans, we want to encourage you as a leadership make it an investment because we're, we're making an investment for you. Uh, this is absolutely free to all of you, but it's it's a great uh, opportunity for you as a leadership. That's why I said the, the month of March, that'll be your leadership meeting because it's going to help us As a leadership, we want to invest. They're even bringing a 600-year-old Torah scroll that's 60 feet long, and we're going to have to find a place for it so that you could see an actual uh, vintage 600-years-old Torah scroll. So the things that you're reading in your laps do not conflict with what things are written before. You know, a lot of people have this, this idea. They bring up this objection. It's like the phone game. I said something, and they say something, and everything changes. Well, it didn't change. So you know we have uh, evidence. So I want you guys to keep those things in prayer. Pray for us. We, you know God is doing a great work, but in a great work there's trials. There's trials. We are facing trials, but don't run from your trials. Pray through them. Work through them. Stability in trials. Don't be like the waves being tossed in true to and fro. Don't be unstable, because God is unstable. Uh, you know what? This skin, this carnality, the, our emotions want us to go this way and that way. I'm, I'm staying. I'm sticking my feet, and I'm going to stand in the in the storm. Why? Because not because of my own strength, but He who's with me in the storms. I have to rely on Him. So, keep those things in prayer. Pray for your pastor. Let's pray right now, Father. We love You, Lord. We thank You for our pastor. Father, we thank you for the work that you began in him, Lord. And Father, we thank you that he's a man that is uncompromising with your word. Father, he thinks about the people often, Lord. And Father, how to better equip them. So Father, I thank you for him, Lord. Continue to just set a hedge about him, his, his mind, his heart. I pray for his family, Lord. And Father, we pray for all the families represented in this room, Lord. Father, facing great difficulties and trials, Lord. I thank you for, for the trials you've got us through, Lord. But Father, even the trials ahead of us, Lord, start doing a work in us, Lord. Father, may we recognize that you're not done with us, Lord. You're going to put us in areas of discomfort and, and trials and difficulties, Lord. Help us to um, let you have your perfect work, Lord. We would count it all joy, Lord, Father, that our or even our emotions would be in check with your spirit, Lord, that we would be led by your spirit and not by our emotions or any other thing, not even our carnal flesh, Lord, may it not puff up. And Father, may we be a people who lack our, where we lack, we ask, and that you would let have your perfect way in us, Lord. And Father, that we would let you have your way in and through us, Lord, Father, that we would be people who ask for wisdom, for guidance, for strength during those seasons, Lord, and trials and difficulties, Lord. That we would not doubt that you're in the storm, Lord, and that you're able to give us the wisdom, Lord. So, Father, we pray, Father, that you would be glory, glorified in and through our lives, Lord. Bless these leaders. Help them. Help us to be better equipped, Lord. Help us to be... United. Father, we pray for an anointing to fall upon us, Lord. Father, that's something we cannot reproduce, Lord. Father, that we cannot stir up, Lord. That's a work of your Spirit, Lord. We want to be a, an anointed people and a refreshing people to each other, Lord, and to this community, this body of Christ, Lord. So have your way in our lives. We love you. Thank you for these men and women, Lord. Father, bless them more abundantly above all they could ask or think for your glory and their greater good in jesus name we all say amen god bless you guys